Welcome to Safe Dividend Investing's podcast number 93 on December 7th of 2022. Today I will be answering six interesting investment questions. Question number one. What are the benefits of buying bonds versus stocks? There are no benefits in buying bonds. If I buy $100,000 worth of bonds, I will end up paying several thousand dollars in fees and commissions to the financial institution handling the purchase for me. If I purchase a stock for $100,000 as a self-directed investor, I pay between zero and $9.95, depending on the financial institution I use. The bond I buy will pay me less interest than I can receive by investing in financially strong companies with decades of paying ever-increasing high dividend payouts. It is not difficult to average a 6% annual dividend return in a portfolio of 20 such diversified stocks if you do not let anyone else take a cut of your portfolio. A $100,000 bond at the end of its term of perhaps 10 years only returns to me the $100,000 I originally invested. At the end of 10 years, the portfolio of 20 stocks will have been growing at about 12% per year on average, even without the 6% annual dividend income, which could have been reinvested back into the 20 stocks. Allowing for a few exceptions that may no longer be growing at 12%, I would still expect to see the value of the portfolio to be between $200,000 and $300,000. Not everyone who invests in stocks is a speculator whose pursuit of a quick buck in what they see as a casino almost always destines them to be a financial loss. This has been my experience with both stocks and bonds. I have a similar disdain for mutual funds, which are marketing products designed to make fund management companies rich. Investments costs are important. To many investors, not only do they not understand what they are buying, but they never take the time to really investigate what they have agreed can be deducted from their accounts by the financial institution, whether their portfolio makes money or not. I use simple stock scoring software to determine the current strength of a stock and historical records going back for decades to confirm the consistently rising share price and dividend yields of my stocks. It is not difficult nor time-consuming. I wonder if the typical financial advisor would even know how to do it. I am quite sure they don't want you to even consider doing it and cutting them loose. They have bills to pay. Question number two. Why are individual stocks a better buy than mutual funds? 25 years ago, I was paid a lot of money, not an inheritance. 
knowing little about investing and naively thinking that all investment advisors knew what they were doing and had only my best interest at heart, I turned the money over to what I thought was a friend. He had been a successful investment advisor and had owned his own investment firm for decades. In 15 minutes, my entire life savings had been invested into mutual funds. I did not know what stocks were in the mutual funds, nor did I think it was important. I was told that the management fees and commissions for these funds were so small I would not even notice them. He told me that when I retired, I would simply sell off 4% of the portfolio every year and it would last me until I was 90. I naively did not think it was important to know more than that. Hopefully, I would die before I turned 90. Retirement seemed a long way off and not very real. Four years later, this mutual fund had lost $300,000 of my money. My retirement was rapidly approaching. It really hits hard. I feared for my future, took back what was left, and set out to learn how to be a successful, self-directed investor. The typical investor in mutual funds has no real idea of what the fund is invested in, nor what the investment is costing them year after year. They think because it was recommended by an investment advisor and their money is now diversified among many stocks that it must be safe. They fail to read the mutual fund's prospectus and the legalese that is written in very small print and made as inaccessible as possible. It gives the mutual fund company the authority to do as they wish with your money. Mutual funds are marketing platforms designed to make mutual fund companies wealthy. They also make their money on the management fees derived from the sales of the fund to investors. That does not mean the investor can also make money, but it is no guarantee that the investor will make money. The only safe investments I have found are investing equally in 20 diversified, financially strong, carefully chosen companies paying high dividends. With a wealth of government-regulated information available on every public-traded stock, there is no reason why an investor cannot know exactly what they are invested in, why they are invested in it, and what it is costing them. Question number three. Would you be able to live off the interest of $1 billion? Why live off interest? Interest is a poor source of income. A measly sum like a million dollars invested in financially strong, safe companies paying high dividends can provide you with an easy $70,000 a year in income plus show a capital gain of 12% each year. If you invested those dividends back into your portfolio, 
it would keep your income growing right through market crashes and recessions for the rest of your life. A billion dollars is a pipe dream. An achievable million dollars is more than enough to live on. Question number four. When it comes to investing, what is the difference between risk and uncertainty? Risk is uncertainty. I think what you are really asking is, how could you sort the risk and investments from highest to lowest risk? For decades, I worked as an executive in the commercial risk information industry. Part of my job was developing commercial risk scoring systems that were used by banks, insurance companies, manufacturers, and wholesalers to sort their existing customers and potential customers from greatest to lowest credit risk. With such scores, they could use credit to encourage some customers and discourage other customers. Desirable, low-risk companies got extended terms and discounts for fast payment. High-risk accounts would be required to pay cash on delivery. When I was faced with investing a large amount of money to support me in my retirement, my research proved to me that stock investing is just another form of commercial risk. This meant I could score the risk of every stock being traded on any stock exchange. I studied what information was available on which to build the stock scoring system. I was pleased to see that all the information I needed was not only easily available, but it was free. It was much easier to acquire than commercial risk data for trade credit and loan scoring. I built that stock scoring software for myself and started to use it. A scoring system allows you to quickly sort hundreds of stocks from most to least desirable. I provide my stock scoring software with my books. If anyone is interested in seeing an example of the information I gather, send me a note and I will send you a copy of a report from one of my latest books. Over the many years, my system quickly taught me to only invest in financially strong companies that paid ever higher dividend payouts over long periods of time. This assures me that the company is established and executives are consistent in their profitable business practices. Dividend data is important because it is the wise revenue and expense decisions by a company's executives that result in profits. From profits are paid dividends. The purpose of a company is to create profits. As an executive, my focus was always on constantly beating the previous year's sales and profit figures. If a business is not growing, then inflation is eating away at the business. The average annual inflation rate over the last 100 years has been 3.5%. Companies must stay ahead of inflation or they will eventually cease to exist. 
The easiest way to spot profitable companies is if they are paying dividends. For almost two decades, I have lived very well off my dividend income while watching my original investment grow by several multiples despite my taking out this generous dividend income every year. Question number five. Do financial investment patterns help you pick winning stocks? Historical financial patterns are the secret of making money in the stock market. You buy financially strong companies who've had ever-rising share prices for the last 20 years with their ever-rising dividend payouts. Your intention is that you will never need to sell such a stock. Even during recessions, such companies continue to increase their dividend payouts and their share price grow. This growth keeps you ahead of inflation. Often, the dividend payout is rising as a percent higher than the dividend share growth price. Even when the share price of a company drops in a market crash, the investor can live off their dividend income as they wait for the stock to again rebound to new record highs as it always previously has. Speculators intent upon becoming rich, rich, rich by buying stocks at a low price and selling them as soon as possible at a much higher price do not look at histories of dividend payouts, operating margins, price-to-earnings ratios, dividend yields, share volumes, and so on. They buy on rumors, financial industry promotions, media hype, and their gut feelings. They see the stock market as a casino. The casinos make money because almost all gamblers lose. You do not need to gamble in the stock market to become wealthy. Question number six. Should I invest in international or in U.S. stocks? You should invest in both international and U.S. stocks. I always recommend that a portfolio have 20 stocks in it. There are hundreds of international stocks traded on the New York Stock Exchange. Many are financially strong, paying high dividends. Interestingly, because these companies are not U.S. companies, you will not find them listed in Standard and Poor 500, even though they are stronger than many U.S. blue-chip stocks that appear there. A few examples would be BHP Group Limited of Australia, Canada's Enbridge Incorporated, France's Orange, and finally Britain's GlaxoSmithKline, Rio Tinto, and British American Tobacco. A few foreign stocks, like a mixture of different industries in your portfolio, provide some safe diversification. The economy impacts countries in different ways. When the U.S. economy enters a recession, the economy of some countries avoids the recession. Their shares and dividend payouts remain strong and even grow. In my new book, New York Stock Exchange's 
106 best high dividend stocks. 35 companies of the 106 are foreign stocks. Looking back at their share prices and dividend payouts since 1999, you can see that the 2000, 2008, and 2020 market crashes had little impact on many of them. Thanks for listening. If you wish more information on investing and stock scoring, please visit my website, www.saferbetterdividendinvesting.com. Thank you.